0: Because that's where it starts. It starts with men being lonely. It starts with men seeking a community of like-minded people who are facing similar issues. And then then talking about women in an objectifying way and how to get them and how to pick them up, then sharing their frustrations about women and talking in a more of a harmful way about women online and then in a more disparaging way and then actually, you know, becoming hateful towards women. And then that's how people then go on to potentially do awful things in real life. Hi, Benji here. I'm Ollie, And, and you're, you're listening it. to TikToks, the podcast where we unpack
1: TikToks hottest trending topics. From pop culture to social issues, we'll be stripping back the layers, helping you understand what's going down on the For You page and saying how we feel
0: about it. Whether it's Couch Guy, Berries and Cream, or Kate Bush's latest banger, nothing is off limits. Tune in every week for your dose of Tech Talks. Oh, it's been a while. Yes, wow. It definitely feels like it's been a year since we sat down (laughs) and it's only been a month. And only a week. In terms of the podcast, yeah, we and only really had hard. a week off. Happy New Year. Happy New Year 2023. This is your year. This mm. is going to be a great year for all of us. I'm manifesting it. Hopefully, everyone has taken our advice from the last episode. If they are deciding to do New Year's resolutions mm. about how to do them effectively and stick to them, if you haven't missed that episode, definitely go back and listen to that. yeah And if you're not doing mm-hmm. resolutions, that's also your prerogative. Because
1: even if you've already done your resolutions, have a listen to the episode. See how you could use those tips to kind of alter your resolutions if they're not quite working for you. Right. And then maybe it will help you be more successful with them. How was it right, Ollie? Yeah, it was good. Very chilled out. I didn't really do much, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Just ate food, saw family, saw some friends. Mm -hmm. Maybe put up like a video every other day or so. Mm -hmm. And they were doing well. So that was nice because it like took the pressure off. I don't know about you, but I feel like I always have to have something doing well. So if everything's flopping, then I have to keep on making videos. Ah, yeah. I but that. if something's going viral, then I'm like, oh, okay,
0: I can take tomorrow off. Yeah. Pressures of content creation, eh? Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I spent the first bit of it kind of not being able to really switch off properly mm. it felt like everything just came to a standstill and i was like whoa what's this then i got into it then i really got into it <laughs> you really got into I, relaxing i really got into it getting up past midday like mm. just living my absolute best life and now i'm just relaxed i'm too relaxed i'm laid back i'm horizontal at this point point. <laughs> and the emails are coming in and i don't want to i don't want to do it yeah but like, guess what it's less than a month until i think we can all guess because you haven't yet plugged it (laughs) it's less than a month until the release of my book hope this helps how to be kinder to yourself and others please please do pre-order it if you haven't pre-ordered it already it means so much to me and yeah i'm just really really can't wait for it to be out in the world and to get people's feedback on it and responses to it and yeah just can't believe it's so soon
1: i'm excited yeah my friends
0: with a published author
1: do i can i call can i, can yeah. I call, you're not maybe like close acquaintances
0: oh my god stop it <laughs> you're fishing you're fishing <laughs> this dude is fishing right now anyway let's get into the episode hang on before we do what? i only
1: just like really taken in your outfit is it like roland Garros tennis rolex inspired
0: yeah so i'm wearing a pajama set mm. and it's got the print like the rolex print yeah on it right at the moment yeah, yeah. You just realized. Very fancy. Comfort is key.
1: At least we're going to get more comments about like...
0: Okay, do we need to address (laughs) this? Do we need to address this? So obviously we post clips of the podcast on TikTok and Instagram Reels to get the word out there that we do this. And I have been wearing some shorter shorts. Unbelievably short. Let's let's not beat around the bush. Of which yours, we could practically see. I've heard comments being like, "Oh, are you wearing wife fronts? <laughs> Those thighs, though. And I I do not appreciate being objectified in such a way. Okay, everyone has legs. Okay, I like having mine out. Yeah, why not? As you should. Yeah. And it was also so funny because I couldn't tell
1: if it was coming from your regular haters or if it was just, like, your
0: regular viewers. Yeah. Yeah. Were they hate comments or were they just... Couldn't tell. Me neither. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I think that's the best
1: kind of hate comment, though. Like, haters, take note. If you're going to, (laughs) like, leave hate comments. The most effective hate comments are the ones speaking from the experience on my videos, are ones where I can't tell if they're hate comments. Yeah. Or
0: if they're meant to be just an observation. Like, they're the ones that really hit home. Cause you're sat there like, do I clap back? Or yeah. do I respond positively? Am I being shaded? So yeah, for those who are looking forward to seeing my legs again, the next round of content, and they are covered for now. <laughs> okay, let's get into the episode. Let's get into it. In this episode, we are going to be talking about Andrew Tate. He was so dramatically taken down by Greta Thunberg yeah. slash also the Romanian <laughs> Yeah, kind of the Romanian police, but mainly Greta Thunberg. Right. And so we're going to be talking about what happened there and then using that as a springboard to talk about incel culture in general and what we can do about a young boys, young men who are being radicalised by the toxic manosphere online and toxic masculine culture in general. Mm -hmm. And I really wanna share a comment that we got from one of our lovely listeners about a reference we made in a previous episode in regards to how loneliness contributes or may or may not contribute towards insult culture. And Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be having a non nuanced moment about fat phobia. Well, let's get into it. Benji, who is Andrew Tate? Andrew Tate is a online personality, I would say. He presents himself as a lifestyle guru, I guess, a life coach of sorts. He's got this academy online. The Hustlers yeah. University exactly. for bros. Yep where they learn about crypto and (laughs) how to pick up women and all sorts. And he's had millions of followers on cross many different social media platforms. Well, when he was, you know, still on them, where he would share content directed towards young men Mm. and talking about how they can become the man, right? And he would talk about how to pick up women and how to interact with women and how men should treat women. And a lot of it was, you know, very misogynistic. And he would depict his lavish lifestyle and still does, and his awesome cars and his. How to be houses. successful
1: in the bedroom and the boardroom.
0: Yes. So that's who Andrew Tate is. I believe he rose to fame, he was a kickboxer. Yeah. But retired recently and also appeared on Big Brother, which yeah. I didn't know. For like six days. Yes, before he was kicked off because he had homophobic and racist tweets surfaced. Mm-hmm. And also a video surfaced of him hitting his ex-girlfriend of a Quite a prolific figure. He's been everywhere. He has. So Perfect. recently, so he's been kicked off of TikTok, right? He's been kicked Instagram. off all social media platforms. He was kicked off of Twitter. Since the summer. Yeah. Ages ago. But he was reinstated on Twitter recently. Oh. So when right. Elon Musk gained control of Twitter, yeah. he reinstated Agitate's Twitter account. And the account is live now. Oh, is it? He must have handed it to somebody. Yeah, it's live right now. I'm not surprised. Yeah.
1: I mean, we've talked about Elon Musk and Twitter in, a, uh, I want to say, episode eight. Might be episode seven. Go back and have a listen if you haven't. Yeah. We've given our thoughts on Elon Musk and his view of free speech <coughs> on Twitter. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's not a very good view in my... It's
0: not very consistent. Mm. And yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that he reinstated Andrew. Yeah. So Andrew Tate's been doing a lot of nonsense online for a long time now. He moved to Romania, I think, like a year or two ago or recently. And he's quoted as saying that he moved there because... Their laws against SA or the extent to which they prosecute SA against women are like a lot laxer than other territories. Yeah. And so that's why he moved there. So he's been based out there for a little bit now. And recently he got into an online spat with Greta Thunberg, which (laughs) led to his downfall. Greta Thunberg is a Swedish climate activist who arose to prominence a few years back when they were only, I think, 14 when they started or even younger, talking about the climate crisis and has been quite vocal about why we need to make drastic changes as a global society in order to save the planet. Greta was baited by Andrew Tate online with this tweet. He said, hello, Greta, I have 33 cars. My Bugatti has a W16 8 litre quad turbo. I don't know what that means. My two Ferrari 812 competitors. Competizione? Okay, Italian accent. I, I, that's what it says here. (laughs) Have 6.5 litre V12. I'm guessing that is like a really big boy car, right? Don't ask me. This is just the start. Please provide your email address so I can send a complete list of my car collection and their respective enormous emissions. So trying to get a rise out of a 19 year old girl online. To which Greta replied, yes, please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at (laughs) getterlife.com. Which, so I have seen a few moments online from Greta being a bit like sharp and like a bit witty. Mm -hmm. But that totally threw me because... I think what makes it so amazing is that she does have this image of being quite a direct and stern person. Yeah. And so for her to make like a joke like that and a drag like that yeah. on Twitter was just so amazing to see. It just came out of left field. Like, yeah. How did you like, feel when you It saw was that? so unexpected. <laughs> and I loved it because yeah. there's a lot of
1: hate towards Greta. Mm-hmm. Like, um, People probably that feel guilty about the climate crisis and can't be bothered to do anything about it, so they'd rather hate on people that are actually trying to make a difference. But there's a lot of hate towards her, and there's a lot of adoration and, like, idolization. And I think that leads us to forget that she's a 19-year-old girl. She shouldn't have to spend her entire life being this super serious, focused, like, climate activist it just made me really happy to mm. see her post this and also like, it's such a childish joke right yeah. like my email is smalldickenergy at getalive.com that's really school behaviour yeah. but also it just matches perfectly to how unbelievably
0: childish Andrew Tate is yeah, like, yeah. it's perfect yeah. it's the right message for the right audience <laughs> yeah. for sure I will have to say that technically that's her email address though not to ruin it. That's her email address. Oh right, as in it doesn't. The joke doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Oh yeah, but like <laughs> whatever. That's had like the fourth most liked tweet of all time. On really? Twitter. Yeah. What are the? Do you know what the like first ones? So like? one is Barack Obama talking about racial injustice from mm. 2020. Mm. So I'm, I'm guessing it was really around the George Floyd matter. Yeah. One is from Chadwick Boseman's account saying that he'd passed sadly. Mm. And I can't remember what the third one is. Oh, it's Elon, Elon Musk saying that he's gonna put the cocaine back in coke. Right. And then now that that's number four.
1: Okay. You hopefully know. we'll get to number. Where was number two again?
0: So it was Chadwick passing, back okay. okay. Rock's Well, hopefully this. we'll
1: overtake Elon Musk. <laughs>
0: at least, yes. yes, at
1: least. I'm not gonna pass any yeah. judgment
0: on the other two, <laughs> lest I get cancelled. I would hope not. <laughs> so that happened, and then. Andrew Tate, so the the internet imploded and the ratio on those tweets was like wild. Explain to us what a ratio is, Benji. So a ratio is something that against only someone with a fragile ego like Andrew Tate would actually care about. Mm. And a ratio is basically when an interaction with a tweet or a video gets more of a response than the actual tweet or video or yeah. thing posted. So sometimes so people, like when the quote yeah. tweet gets more likes than the tweet itself. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes people will rate, do ratio in like comment sections. They'll mm. like ratio and then people will respond to that or like that comment. And if it gets more likes in the video then it's meant to be like an own or an yeah. embarrassing thing. Yeah. Ironically, I've had a few people ratio me on my videos, but it's still on my video. It's still engagement on my video.
1: Yeah. Anyway, have they um, ever, Have you? Have have those comments <laughs>
0: ever got more likes than your video itself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. It's happened a few times. Yeah. When it's been a really controversial video. Yeah. But I'm just like people. You're still engaging with. Yeah. My it's still it's still my content. Still a win for me. <laughs> it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So it, the ratio was massive, and so. Andrew was probably at home thinking, oh my gosh, this girl, I need to get her back. <laughs> and so got out the tripod, got the camera <laughs> out and did a response Set video. up the vlogging camera, <laughs> <laughs> turned on his ring light. And did a video where- <laughs> Put a bit of makeup on. <laughs> right, right. Basically did a video where he, he was telling to come at him or whatever. And they got someone off screen to bring him some pizza and was like, make sure you don't recycle the boxes so petty. Yeah. And allegedly, now, this has been denied by the Romanian authorities. But allegedly, they needed actual proof that he was in Romania, or like where in Romania he was. Right. And so they used the name of the pizza company that was on the boxes to confirm his location. Mm. And then they raided his house shortly after. And he was taken, yeah, into custody, where he still is. So it's being held... For 30 days, that I saw that announcement on Friday. So, this is a few days before we are recording. What, well, almost a week now before we are recording? Yeah. That's 30 days. I'm guessing he's now in for like another like three and a bit weeks that they're holding him. And they are hoping to charge him officially with accounts of sex trafficking. Uh, him and his brother and uh, some accomplices have held some women in his house against their will and forcing them to or pressuring them to do sexual acts on camera for financial gain. Essentially. So that's the charge. And there are many other things that Andrew Tate could be charged for, but that's the the official reason why they're holding him.
1: And then Greta tweeted something like, that's what you get when you don't recycle
0: your pizza boxes. Weird, you know, like. Another win for the activist. Like he's already dead. He's already (laughs) down. He didn't have to do that. So that's happened. Fingers crossed this results in Andrew Tate going away. Mm. His fanboys online are saying that it's not going to happen. It's all a lie. The evidence, all this stuff. I mean, those are serious charges. I highly doubt that they would have raided his house if they didn't have sufficient evidence to back up their claims. And also, it's not like he's very quiet. I mean, he's
1: literally said on
0: social media before, these are my women, I own them. Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is not just because I wanted to cackle at Andrew Tate getting dragged by Greta, because I, mean, I got a hearty, hearty laugh out of that, but because I feel like, unfortunately, when it comes to Andrew Tate, he is just ahead head of the beast, right? And unfortunately, he has millions of fans online who truly support him and believe in what he says and are wrapped up in his rhetoric. And the thing is, like, him getting sent away is not going to stop. It's not going to de-radicalise.
1: Yeah, and importantly, it's not necessarily that they support him. It's that they support his ideology.
0: And so I really want to actually have a a conversation about incel culture Mm. and what we can do about it. Yeah. Because it's incredibly toxic. we mean, I need to think that it's going to stop just because Andrew Tate might be sent away.
1: Yeah, and I definitely have some thoughts to add to this because, as you know, my law research for my master's at Oxford University (laughs) was on freedom of expression Mm -hmm. on the internet. Mm -hmm. And so that's basically like internet safety. And while it was more about vaccine disinformation and anti-vax influences, all of those principles can apply to
0: any kind of danger on the internet. Yeah, for sure. So I guess uh, let's get into it. So in our culture, I think let's first define what that is because Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things which People assume knowledge yeah. when they talk about incel culture. like what does that actually mean so incel just actually stands for involuntarily celibate and basically there are men who either self-describe as incels or are just part of incel communities online and the root reason why these communities exist is because there are certain groups of men who either have no sex with women or they want to have more sex with women they feel like they are not able to get the sex that they want because they are not that ideal man. There's something, they talk a lot about Chad's and Stacey's. I don't know if you've seen that. No. They talk a lot about Chad's and Stacey's where, essentially, Stacey is the typical gorgeous women they want to have sex with, but they can't have sex with Stacey because Stacey only wants Chad's. Chad is a genetically predisposed, muscular, rich, gorgeous like the perfect man yeah and those are the only men that stacy wants to go for stacy doesn't want to beat a man right quote unquote yeah and so these people essentially are frustrated that they don't fit the societal standard of what a man should be in order to quote unquote get women yeah and so that's why they call themselves involuntarily celibate because they see their inability to have sex as not a fault of their own, but as a fault of society and as a fault of women. Because women don't want to have sex with them because they have these like unrealistic standards, essentially.
1: Yeah, and, and they think
0: they yeah. deserve sex.
1: They exactly. think they're entitled to it because they don't think of women as their own autonomous beings. They think of them as, like Andrew Tate would say,
0: property of men. Exactly. And they tend to start off quite innocent. An entry point to incel culture is forums online where they'll talk about how to pick up women, how to speak to women, what to text, what to say, where to go, what to dress like, all of these things. And that's quite innocent. I've actually got to be honest, when I was really young, trying to figure out the dating scene, I would Google like, oh, what do you text after a first date? And stuff like that, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? When I was like 17. And so it's quite innocent. People go, oh, like, what do I do? This girl really fancies me and I wanna know what to say to her. And slowly it gets a bit darker.
1: I find it really ironic that men are out on the internet getting advice from other straight men on how to pick up women. Because Mm -hmm. when I was a kid and I was a gay closeted kid, Mm. I did so much better at talking to girls than any of my classmates. And I think it's because I was gay, right? because I could actually just talk to them like a normal human being, and they appreciated that and they liked that. And I just think it's so ironic that men are going to other straight men for advice on how to talk to women rather than like listening to what women want.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Like so many, like
1: I wasn't, I don't think I was a particularly attractive kid, but we had this thing at our school, I'm sure they had this at all schools. Your top five, you would say your top five of who of the opposite sex in your class you found the most attractive. Okay. And I would appear
0: on these top fives mm. because mm-hmm. I was nicer to talk to. Yeah, that's a great point. And I guess you raise something that is glaringly obvious as well, which is that the whole idea of pickup culture is that they are objectifying women. They're not treating them as, like, individuals. They're being, like, as a general thing, how can I get one? Like, they're a toy in a shop, right? How can I obtain? How can I pick up this object? Yes, yes. But that's because they're lonely, these men. men. And so, actually, this is a great time to bring up a comment that we got from one of our listeners. And someone I actually consider to be a friend of mine now. I won't mention their name, but they are... An awesome, awesome person, and they made a pertinent reflection on something that we said in a previous episode that I want to share now because it does relate to what we're talking about when it comes to intel culture. We were talking about how expenditure on gifts has changed. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So w- women are spending less year on year. Yeah. I would love an additional data point to see if who they're giving their gifts to has changed. Mm. I don't know if you saw that recent study that came out that said loneliness is growing fastest amongst single men. Or so, something like that. Basically the study is basically saying that as time is going on, a lot of women are very much divorcing themselves from the idea that they need to settle down with a man to be fulfilled. Mm. And there are actually a lot more women are choosing just not today, or choosing to be single for a lot longer. And actually it's men that are set, like single cis men that are struggling. Yeah, well, I mean, the incel community is thriving. There we go, there we go. Right, and so this person provided a critique. They said, I'm listening to this week's pod and wanted to provide a quick critique. When you were talking about loneliness and that becoming more prevalent in young men, this somehow became a joke about incels. Young men have the highest suicide rate, so their mental health does need taking seriously. I'm simply highlighting something said in a podcast that if it weren't said, would not reduce the quality of the podcast or taking it from the talking point, but would also be beneficial by not making light of mental health issues. They then went on to clarify their point and basically said that loneliness is inherently a mental health issue, and the stats show that young men are at the highest risk for suicide. So making light of it and downplaying their very real mental health issues as incel behaviour when those stats exist is unnecessary and harmful. So essentially this person thought that the way we referenced incels in relation to loneliness was making light of loneliness as a mental health issue and implying that men who are lonely are voluntarily incelibate now involuntarily so oh, involuntarily <laughs> celibate apologies and so as you are the one that did make that comment is something you would like to say to address that yeah yeah okay, so there are two things so
1: yeah the first thing is it, it wasn't a joke it was a very sincere comment of loneliness and young men is rising like we can also see that the incel community is thriving it's rising as well which is a cause for concern So that's correlation rather than causation. So it's not that every single lonely man becomes an incel, but the lonelier men are, the more likely they are to go down this dark path of becoming an incel. Mm. So it was said in a satirical way because it's my way of coping with how messed up society is. But it was a very sincere comment. We can see the problem of incels becoming way more prevalent because of this
0: loneliness in men. Thank you for for clarifying that, and I think because we were talking about more of a lighter topic, we may have referenced incel culture in that conversation in a way, it was in passing, right? Yeah. And so while you being very serious and I very much wholeheartedly agreeing with what you said and the reasoning behind what you said, what I would say is that the context of the conversation was a bit lighter. Yeah. So it may have seemed like we were being a bit dismissive and being a bit flippant. Yeah. So thank you for raising that. I really did appreciate that criticism. And also it provides an opportunity for us to actually clarify what you meant by that because I 100% agree with you. Loneliness is on the rise amongst single men and also in cell culture is on the rise also. And I think there is definitely a correlation there. And actually, I don't see it as something which we should be pointing out to shame young lonely men. I just think it's something we need to be bringing up so we can talk about it more openly and actually address the root of the issue in a productive way, because that's where it starts. It starts with men being lonely. It starts with men seeking a community of like-minded people who are facing similar issues. And then talking about women in an objectifying way and how to get them and how to pick them up. Then sharing their frustrations about women and talking in a more of a harmful way about women online, and then in a more disparaging way, and then actually you know, becoming Hateful towards women, and then that's how people then go on to potentially do awful things in real life. Yeah, and there are awful, awful hate crimes, acts of terrorism that have happened because of incel culture. Mm. There was an incident in Toronto, I believe, like last year or so, where a man who was very prominent in incel culture online on Reddit killed 10 people. Mm. It goes from a man being lonely to then them going on this path. And by the end of it, they believe that society as a whole is the reason for all of their problems. They call it the matrix. Yeah. So the matrix is this it's society, right? It's all of us kind of following these societal rules and societal norms that place these men at the bottom of the pile. And these men are taking the red pill, which is them becoming enlightened about how society is so messed up. And the only way that they can get out of this trap, this cage that they feel they're in, is to attack the people who they feel like are against them and other sorts of their troubles. Unfortunately, that group of people is women, first and foremost, right? But also just society as a whole.
1: Yeah. And it's not that man's Mm. fault, you know, when he starts down that path of radicalization. It's an insidious and carefully planned out path by people like Andrew Tate that move men towards this bit by bit, as you said, like step by step, Mm. things get worse and worse. Mm. And I, I think I may have said this before, I have trouble deciding on a grand scheme of life philosophy how much to hold someone accountable for their actions Mm. or how much is the product of their environment. The individual has to be at blame somewhat, but there is definitely a lot of outside pressure that's being forced upon these men and leading them down this path. So it may be somewhat their fault, but it's not entirely their fault that they
0: find themselves in this situation. I very much agree with you. And that's the difficult part of it is the fact that actually when we put all these men in a box and say that you are incels, you are misogynists, you are awful, awful people, you are a menace to society, what we're doing is reinforcing their existing beliefs because they feel like the whole world is against them. There's a victimhood that comes with incels and being an incel and that you feel like you are owed something that you deserve and that you can't have. And so when we put all these men that are wrapped up in this, in this culture, into this box, and we say bad people, we're not really helping the situation.
1: And of course they're going to turn to other people like that for support and for the emotional understanding of what it's like to be labelled a terrible person. And then it just amplifies from there. Yeah. It gets worse because they go into their own echo chamber Mm. of telling each other that, you know, society hates them, but that they're valid and that they need to get back Mm. at society. And it's just a cesspit of toxic ideas circulating and being affirmed and validated.
0: Mm. Yeah, I know a hundred percent. And so what I feel like the actual solution starts with outreach and trying to penetrate these communities. And ideally, getting people before they get lost in it, Yeah, i.e. speaking to young men about the stuff that they're going through in terms of like, if they are feeling lonely, if they are feeling like they're struggling to live up to these standards of masculinity that they see online, if they are struggling to, to talk to girls, if they are struggling to connect with the opposite gender in a human way and we need to not be judgmental to men about that. I think that's a start.
1: And I think we need to be precise about this. So let's bring it back to Andrew Tate. Right. How is what Andrew Tate does creating more
0: incels? Well, it's ironic. It's ironic because Andrew Tate, to these men that are lost in incel culture, is the underdog. Andrew Tate is the one that is shouting back at society He's forging his own path. He's doing what no man would ever dare to do and saying what no man would ever dare to say. And so he's galvanizing this community of people who feel like they have been lost and they've been left in the dust. But it's ironic because he's not. He's the epitome of toxic masculinity. He's the epitome of the patriarchy. He's the guy with the money and the cars and the body and, and all that stuff. He's the man that they feel like they could never be, mm. right? But he's managed to paint this picture of him as like their savior. And so you have these men who are looking up to Andrew Tate and being like, oh my gosh, if I just copy what he says, if I just copy what he does, if I communicate with other people who also love Andrew Tate and what he says, then maybe I could have an inch of what he has, yeah. right? A little crumb of what he has. You know, if I could be just half a man as he is, then all my problems in life would be fixed.
1: And so by seeing this social media influencer right. giving them tips and showing them this ideal lifestyle, mm. they're learning how to replicate that behavior, which funnels into this incel behavior, right? And so you would hope that by removing Andrew. Tate from these platforms and by arresting him, that kind of stuff will stop. But you don't think that's the case, do you?
0: No, it it won't. It won't because it goes beyond just one person. Mm. There are people who are in these communities repeating this rhetoric and sharing it with others. The conversation is not going to stop just because Andrew Tate is in jail, because Andrew Tate didn't invent it either.
1: Yeah. Because he is just a figurehead. Yeah. He's the one that's currently famous mm. for pushing these ideas. But the ideas aren't new. No. They're not innovative. He's just the one that did them the best at the moment. And so when you get rid of him, someone else will pl- take his place, right?
0: Exactly. So what then do we do about it? Because I'm sure there's a Andrew Tate version too who's ready to rise up, right? Yeah.
1: And th- so this is what I want to talk about because mm. it ties into my research. Because my research was about anti-vax influencers, and it turns out that of all anti-vax disinformation on social media, the vast majority, over 60%, comes from 12 accounts, which is kind of crazy right it may have been shared or you know reposted or whatever but they can all be linked back to 12 accounts and on facebook it's something like 72 percent. these 12 people are anti-vax influencers that profit off of anti-vax information and you could say the same thing right you could say well if you remove them from social media someone else will just take their place because there is a want there is a desire for that kind of information out there People want the information, so it's like supply and demand. It's basic laws of economics. If people want it, then someone can supply it and they'll be successful. What I would say is that you and I both know that it takes a long time to build a following on social media. So, my solution that I proposed in my thesis is that sure, first and foremost, you're not going to solve the problem by removing that one person and you take or those 12 people, the anti-vax influencers from social media, because someone will take their place, because there's a gap at the top of the pyramid. But it's going to take them time, right? It takes them time to build that following. And if social media platforms, if big tech were just more on it, Mm. with removing harmful people from their platforms, it would get to a point where it would just not be worth the time for those people. Taking it back to this anti-vax perspective, you put in a lot of time at the beginning, building your social media, so that you can then profit from selling like your herbal remedies or whatever. Mm. But if, say, you only profit when you get to 100,000 followers, And big tech have this policy where as soon as you get to 120,000 followers, and you're spouting this kind of disinformation, you get removed from the platform, then all of that time you spent was for so little gain that it just won't be worth it. Mm. And if big tech are more on it with their moderation of harmful content, then it simply wouldn't be worth it for people to spread that kind of disinformation, that Mm. kind of hatred. Because let's be honest, does Andrew Tate fully believe in all of this? Or does he do it because he knows that he can get subscriptions to his Hustlers
0: University programme? Yeah, no. It reminds me of somebody asked me about Jordan Peterson yesterday on a live stream that I did. Are you familiar with Jordan Jordan Peterson? He's a sort of psychologist, philosopher, professor. Yes.
1: He talks a lot about self-help and social anxiety, those kind of topics. Mm. I haven't looked into him that much, Mm. but I know people that are intelligent that Mm. think his work in that field is quite good. Mm. And I haven't looked into it enough to say, but I'm inclined to give them the benefit of the doubt. The problem with Jordan Peterson, I think, is that he just steps outside of his field way too much Mm -hmm. and he'll talk on topics that he doesn't know anything about. But because he's built this following in his area, it's like got to his ego and he thinks he can just talk on anything. And so he will talk on things that he's just not qualified to talk on, like trans
0: rights anyway with that explanation carry on no you pretty much said what i was going to say <laughs> uh, i genuinely think he's an intelligent person mm. i think he's smart i think he knows exactly what he's doing but to the extent that i'm pretty sure he knows that he doesn't fully understand or have the qualification to talk about the topics that he talks about now but he knows that it it sounds quote unquote it benefits him even if it's as basic as to... There was a re- recent incident where Sports Illustrated printed this cover that had a plus size model on it. And he did the glorifying obesity, which actually is my no one for, for this episode. <laughs> so we'll get onto that. But it was so like, you're way you're better than this. Yeah. But you know that this stuff, this yeah. shtick, it sells. And so I brought that up because Andrew Tay, it's a similar thing. Not to say that he's not an awful person, he's not a misogynist, he's not a women hater, but I feel like part of him also just knows that this is stuff that will pop off, quote unquote. Yeah. And so there are other people who are repeating what he's saying and growing platforms online, and are probably inching to get the top spot if he does get sent away. So what do we do? And I agree. I think in moderation online is really, really important. And then it's, it's the responsibility of social media platforms to use algorithms, use tech to actually identify not only harmful content, but also when people are getting radicalized. Well, that is a type of harmful content. Right. But what I mean, isn't like when users yeah. are falling down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Of being like, oh, they've watched that video, now they've watched that video. Now they're watching this video. And the tone and the content of it's getting more and more toxic. You know, there's there's gotta be ways that we can reach out to these individuals. TikTok actually has a cool thing where if you watch a significant amount of content that's about unaliving yourself, mm-hmm. then it will pop up the alert to be like, do you want these speakers to yeah I've seen that. That's amazing, right? That's yeah. incredible. And that's a simple, well, I don't know if it's a simple piece of tech, but it's an algorithm, it's a piece of tech, which potentially is saving lives right now. And there's gotta be aware way that we can do that for young men who are getting radicalized on the internet.
1: The problem is that it's not profitable at the moment for tech companies to do that. So there are two types of moderation. There's self-moderation, where a social media platform will impose their own rules of moderation that apply across their platform. And there's government moderation. Every industry has this kind of regulation. You have self-regulation and you have government regulation. If you look at like the advertising industry, there's a self-regulating body that makes sure that adverts follow strict guidelines And the reason they do this is so that the government doesn't impose harsher regulation on them. So if they can keep themselves in check, then the government won't bother them. And when the government steps in, it tends to be more inconvenient, like stricter regulation that's just annoying to have to work around. But the problem with social media platforms is because technology is so much more advanced than judges and lawmakers in countries understand they're not in a place to impose regulation on these platforms Mm. and because they're not in a place for that the platforms know that they don't need to self-regulate and self-regulation costs money so it's more profitable to not have to self-regulate too much You might, for some reasons, want to self-regulate anyway and self-moderate. For example, people stopped advertising on YouTube because harmful content was getting past the kids' filter. Mm. And so YouTube was losing money because they weren't moderating their own platform well enough. But social media platforms, for the most part, haven't needed to do that too much. As long as they pay a little tribute to it, advertisers will still use them because social media is so useful for advertisers. So because of this, they're always unlikely to do the maximum. They're gonna do the bare minimum that they have to until governments impose regulation on them. Mm. So I don't think we're gonna see platforms trying to find ways to reach out to young men unless governments get a move on and introduce internet safety regulations. Mm. And like the UK is trying, we've got the online safety bill coming through, the EU is trying, they've got the Digital Service Act. In my opinion, they're not very useful pieces of regulation. What are they aiming to do, those pieces of regulation? They're aimed at internet safety. Okay. It's trying to remove extremist content, anything that could be harmful on the social media platform. And the, the idea is that social media platforms will be sued if those things are on the platform for longer than 24 hours, that kind of thing. So that kind of thing can work. Mm. Platforms aren't gonna do it by themselves. Facebook isn't just gonna start being like, okay, we have a incel radicalization problem. Mm. We need to get to the bottom of this, because they don't care. Mm. They've shown time and time again, like Mark Zuckerberg has shown time and time again, the only metric he cares about is profit. And the same is true for all platforms. We like to vilify Mark Zuckerberg. They're all as bad as each other. If governments introduce this, then we may start to see changes. Whether it will be enough, I don't know. But hopefully at least it will be the first step. It will be that prevention step, right? The prevention is easier to do than the de radicalization
0: Exactly. Thank you. It's a depressing state of affairs mm. that that is the case. But I think it is important to be realistic and face up to the truth of the matter. Which is, as you say, that maybe when it comes to these companies stepping up and doing what needs to be done, we are a long way away from that. But then what else, what else can we do? I think lobbying
1: governments Mm. for this kind of change is useful. In fairness to platforms, I'm sceptical of how much this is an issue. They can be worried about if they restrict freedom of expression on Mm. their platforms. So if they were to decide to implement policies that just removed people or removed posts that were harmful, they could get into trouble from a human rights aspect for cutting freedom of speech. So that is one reason why they might welcome government regulation rather than doing it themselves. It's what, like, Mark Zuckerberg uses as his excuse. It's not an airtight argument, I don't think. But it is true that governments setting clear standards and clear rules
0: will help. One thing that I was thinking about as well is making sure that we are not letting the small things slide. Mm. So, i.e., mm. casual misogyny yeah. in day-to-day, sure. I think that's something which we can all try our best to nip in the bud. Even something as small as accepting the fact that some men are called females.
1: We yeah. that Yeah.
0: Females this, females that. Oh man, females. And something as little as that is incredibly dehumanizing because ultimately any animal can be a female, only humans can be women. And people will say, oh, well, but, you know, uh, people call men males. No, they don't. When was the last time you were called a male, Ollie? I, I've never been called a male. The, I, I think the only
1: context is, like, when you're ironically saying, what a fine specimen of a male. And that's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Like, you're using that dehumanisation like they're a specimen. They're not a person. Right. But no, if people are making that argument,
0: they're not being serious. They yeah. are unserious people. They are very unserious people because calling women females is dehumanizing. Yeah. You're essentially implying that they are animals, right? And so stuff like that, we can call out. And not necessarily in a judgmental way. In a kind of way, be like, oh, you know, you may have seen somebody else call women females and that way, but actually, you know, that is harmful because of X, Y, Z, and that has a potential long term impact of, you know, A, B, C. And I mean, think the stuff like that is, is things that we can do. Also, pickup culture in general is incredibly toxic. And these are things that we can also call out. So uh, pickup gurus online. You know Stephen Bartlett used to be a pickup guru? Who? Stephen, ba- Stephen Bartlett. Oh, really? Yeah. That yeah. kind of
1: doesn't surprise me. It kind of tries,
0: doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he would like, oh, like, top five things to say or yeah. top five things to do. And, and not necessarily the ones you're being encouraging. There are some amazing uh, dating and relationship coaches on, on TikTok who talk about interpersonal relationships in a general way of like, you know, how to build healthy, nurturing, loving relationships, platonic or romantic. But it's the men who are sitting in their mum's basement, the dark with their mic and their tripod, talking about, oh, if a female does, does this, you got you can't do that, or who pays on the day, and all of these like just awful, awful conversations. We can be like, no, that's not okay. We can call it out.
1: Yeah. And
0: calling out misogyny
1: mm. in like a group of all boys, all men, kind of straight guy setting. That's terrifying, Mm. but we've got to start normalising it. We've got to start doing it more. Mm. It's very important, but it takes guts. Mm. Like, fortunately, I'm not surrounded by misogyny, just because of the people I surround myself with. If I were a straight guy and I saw some misogyny in my friendship group, that would be really scary to call out, but we got to do it. No,
0: it's important. It's really, really important.
1: There have also been, like, some government ads, I think, showcasing men calling out other men. Have you seen
0: these? No, I haven't. Yeah, there
1: have been... I'm sure I've seen some, like, government-funded ads on YouTube
0: of men calling out other men for misogynistic behaviour. Okay. Which is quite cool. Yeah, we need more of that. Yeah. We need, And what I love about that as well, is it's not turning the, the problem back on women. Mm. I hate when you see people talking about how women should put lids on their drinks and should be carrying pepper spray. Oh yeah, the victim. And, and the victim, exactly. And as much as, like, I accept that we live in a world where, you know, that is necessary, sadly, for many women, and I would never shame a woman for protecting herself, but we need to shift away from that. We need to be actually be placing the focus, you know, on where it should be, which is on men not doing these yeah. awful things and perpetuating this harmful behaviour.
1: And to maybe like end on a positive anecdote, I don't know if you've seen this, but there was this story of these boys in a classroom and one of their teachers was really misogynistic Mm. and he would make pervy comments to the girls in the class Mm. and every time that... This teacher would do this. The guys would write the comment into this discord that they had created with like their whole class. Mm -hmm. They would track and record every misogynistic, inappropriate comment this guy had made over the course of like two years or something. And then they finally presented it to the head teacher of the school and the guy got sacked.
0: Amazing.
1: Um, And that was like a really heartwarming, you know... Like, good egg boys sticking up for the
0: girls in the class I stuff. love that. Yeah. That is, that is a great, yeah, that is a great thing. We need more of that. Mm. More of that. Okay, are we wrapping up? Because I haven't done my new yeah. nuance I Yeah, now
1: is the time. Are you ready for your new nuance? I'm ready. Put me in. Put okay. me in. Put me in the <laughs> ring. Benji, you have 60 seconds. Your time starts
0: now. I am sick and tired of people using health as an excuse to be fat phobic. You just hate fat people, say it with your chest. Now what I mean by that is people saying that fat people deserve to be shamed for their size because they are unhealthy. Their size is inherently unhealthy and they're putting a weight on uh, our health system and they're a burden to to society, so therefore we should shame them. It makes no sense. Size does not equate to health. Uh, How can you tell how healthy someone is by just looking at them? And even if fat people were unhealthy, there are many ways people are unhealthy. Uh, You know, people smoke, they drink, they do all sorts of things. Someone being unhealthy does not give you a reason to shame them and be nasty to them. And unfortunately, we live in a society that is inherently fatphobic that is allowing these people to feel like it's okay to just hate fat people for no reason. Stop using health as an excuse. It's not You're right. Time is up. Yeah, I said what I had to say. And also,
1: like, let's be real. Yeah. Gym Bros are just as unhealthy. And speak on it. Bodybuilding speak on it. is so unhealthy. Speak on out. Like how how are you going to a fat person and saying you're unhealthy when you are destroying your body every day? Like injecting steroids, that kind of thing.
0: Speak on that. Come on. Be right. serious. Honestly. Right. But the conversation around that sort of behaviour is very different. Yeah. Because they're not. It's glamorized. It's glamorized, but they're not fat. Yeah. Right. And the thing is, is like, when I say that, just say that you hate fat people, I'm not saying that that in itself is a great thing. I'm not going to applaud that, but at least i will be honest, right? Yeah. At least we can have an actual discussion yeah. about where your prejudices lie. But people mask it with this. Oh, but I just, I just want fat people to be healthy. I just want everyone to be healthy. I just want, you know, the NHS. So you don't care about the NHS. Mm-hmm. You just hate fat people. That's mm-hmm. it. You're just a prejudiced person. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to end the episode. Yes. So thank you so, so much for listening. We appreciate you so, so much. And as always, we'd appreciate you that little bit more. If you could please hop on over to Spotify and Apple and rate us five stars. I've seen the number is going up and up. and It just makes... It makes the world of difference and we just, we appreciate it so much. So please, please do remember to do that. Please also follow us on social media, TikTok and Instagram at TikToksPodcast. Podcast. Yes. And you can also email us at the TikTokspodcast at gmail.com. Please do interact with us. We really want to hear what you think and what your thoughts are, especially on this topic, because it was very important. And also, you know, you may be mentioned in the next round of episodes. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
1: our next episode which will come out next week, is actually entirely based off a lovely DM we got on Instagram. We read all of them. We really appreciate them. We love to hear your comments and feedback. Honestly, yeah, it means the world. So yeah, and that's that. Thank you. All right, bye. bye.